nothing. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. Bro, I'm Christina P. This is the big show. Thank you for joining. Uh, goddamn, I tell you, I am in the midst of a, 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 a whirlwind week, and I'm I'm relieved to sit here and talk to you right now because man, oh man, I don't want to I don't want to face my life at the moment. But we'll talk about that uh, in a minute. First things first. I got the priorities. Use my Amazon banner when you do your shopping. That means uh, go to thatseatbropodcast.com. Click on the banner at the bottom of uh, every post on my blog when you do your shopping on Amazon. And it just kicks back some change to the show. I'd really appreciate if you did that. And importantly, I am touring. I'm doing stand-up comedy one night only in select cities starting September 27th. I will be in Seattle, Washington at the Tacoma Comedy Club, um, <clears throat> September 28th, Portland, Oregon, at Helium Comedy Club, October 4th, Dallas Tejas at Hyenas, Hyena. October 5th, Houston Tejas at The Secret Group, October 23rd, Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Morty's Comedy Club, October 24th, Cincinnati, Ohio, Go Bananas, Go Bananas, <laughs> Comedy club. Whose job is it to name um, comedy clubs? It's so funny, right? Actually, no, that's the problem. They're, it's not funny. It's never funny. Like, I think when you try to make them funny is when they're just horribly unfunny. Who the fuck knows? Not, not my bag. I don't, not my job. <laughs> so, yes, come see me do stand-up. Uh, I, I've, I would love to see you there. Very good. Okay. Here we go, guys. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm in the thick of it today, and what a what a great time to record something when you're like freaking out, man. But I'm not really. You know, that's the point. Is that we're we're gonna get through it, and uh, we I always do, right? Okay. No, I wanted to play the song for you. you know, it's from my favorite movie, Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> I was playing this for my son when I was uh, bathing him the other night. Let's see if it comes up. It's so ridiculous. Oh, good. I love when I can't find things. Hold on. All right. Got it. Are you ready? Do you remember this song? I hope so. It's so good. It's so ridiculous. Are you ready for the sex girls? The hot, hot, leave Sad, sad, old, sad, lonely girls. They 
song i just remember in revenge the nerds when the nerds finally have their party uh, such a great song so the, the the fucking nerds dude they finally have a fun party because they they smoke some some dubs and they're pledging to be trilams right and then um and then the the fucking omega moves come over dude they're like the <laughs> booger goes the omega moves those girls are pigs and they they come over and they're just all like the chunky you know nerdy f- rad chicks they end up having a rad time because they all smoke some pot and then they get loose and they all hook up for like the first time a lot of these nerd boys with the sex girls <laughs> it's so funny because i actually i never listened to the the lyrics besides the are you ready for the sex girls and i love how he's like the real sad sad girls <laughs> right it's kind of true like the at least the sex girls i've all known you know i always say like i want to be one of those girls but it's kind of true for most of the ones i've grown up with like they're usually sad isn't isn't anyone sad who's just throwing it around to anybody <laughs> sex girls are fucking they're bummers homie shit yeah so funny so this is from rodney on the rock if you know who that is it's this guy, Rodney Bingenheimer. He had a show in LA every Sunday night called Rodney on the Rock. And this guy at one point, there's a there's a documentary about him called The Mayor of the Sunset Strip. And he had a show on K-Rock and he was like the coolest DJ who would break all these really cool punk bands and stuff. And I was 13 years old and I would listen to him and he'd play like the nuns and Birdland. He loved Birdland and Jesus and Mary Chain, all these crazy bands. And then uh, Rodney never, uh, here's the problem with all these great artists who I've loved growing up. I hate this is that they never, they never asked for money and poor Rodney, just like K-Rock eventually, that's the radio station that employed him, just kept squeezing him out, making him, making a show later and later until Rodney was on (laughs) midnight on Sunday and poor Rodney now lives like in a you know, one bedroom apartment and he's got all these pictures of him with like David Bowie and all these celebrities, but motherfuckers broke. You know what I'm saying? That ain't no way to be. You got to get your entire life. And, and that's the thing, man. You got to take responsibility and, and you gotta, you gotta get your money, man. I, I always advocate this with artists. If you're a creative person out there, do not think that money is to be trifled with. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying to, um, you know, money grub at every angle. You know, look, I I do this podcast for free. Obviously, I have sponsors. Uh, The sponsors are here to make sure that you get it for free. And I did this show for free for a long time because I believe in, in, uh, in creating good stuff. And I don't want to be told what to do, but I don't want to answer to anybody. But uh, you got to get, you got to get your money, man, and own your shit. Number one own your stuff do not 
uh, be be taken swindled by people and especially in this era you know what guys you don't need someone to make some stuff for you you know you don't need a record company that's the beauty of today you don't need um the big networks to do your thing okay okay you don't look at netflix look at the the um that wonderful model. Uh, by the way, my husband, when when Mr. Tom Segura did his first Netflix special, Netflix was just a little weird internet company. <laughs> um, and now look. And at the time, I remember being like, Netflix, that's a fun thing when they mail you those DVDs, you know. And now it became this massive thing. And it was a very independent place to go at the time. And, and we were like, what's going to happen? And look what happened. So you don't need... You don't need them, guys. Get your and get your life. Get your fucking money. Make sure you're taken care of. You know, I don't know if you do read books on money and financing. Um, I certainly have. When I was very poor, I read Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I read all this shit on money uh, because it is important. I, I don't don't. Uh, <laughs> Whoever said money can't buy happiness is fucking stupid and a liar. And and money does. It buys a lot of stuff. I'll tell you what it does buy. Uh, it buys peace of mind. Money is there to, to, to make you feel safe. <laughs> what does Dan Pena say, I wonder? Hold on. What's he got? Hanging out with losers. Yeah. Wasting your time. Don't waste your time. Correct. You. Okay. <laughs> show me your friends and I'll show you your future. There you go, Dan. That's one of your top, top three. It is. Three pieces. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. You want to know why you're all fucked up? Right. Just look at the fucking bums you hang around with. <laughs> it gets better every time. Uh, read books about money. I don't know why people poo-pooed uh, the idea that, that people with money are bad. They're not. It's not, not the case at all. Uh, anyways, okay. But that's not the point of today's show. That's not the point. It's so interesting. I um, I had a I had some situation happened, and this week, and I thought, what a great topic. I'm going to talk about accepting what is. I am, and I think because it goes along with uh, Susie Orman. I, you know, I re- like I said, I read these books on money and how to manage your money and and make sure that you have it for the rest of your life. Because believe me, as someone that grew up with not a lot of money. There's nothing worse than stressing about your necessities of life and your retirement and your kids. Don't it's not worth it. So I prefer to be proactive because I am a hyper vigilant person uh because I've had to raise myself my entire life and uh I believe in taking responsibility because my fucking parents certainly never did and uh, I don't want to be a I don't want to be a loser. I don't want to be unhappy. And I was reading Susie Orman and she had this part about how uh, these nine eleven widows, um, these nine eleven widows, they got checks for the deaths of their spouses who helped in the World Trade Center, and you know it's like it's like okay, my spouse is dead, and then I get this million dollar check. So it's this weird thing of like, well, what do I do with this money? And the purpose of money is to take care of the family, but you're you're grieving and it's horrible and and so you got to put the money away. Away. Put it in savings, Susie says, put it in a money market fund, which is not the same as a money market 
account, wait, one or the other. Uh, it's different in that it just accrues a little more interest and there's very low risk. The point is, when you're not emotionally charged with that money, don't touch it until you, you got your mind right because you will you will sabotage that money because it's guilt money, it's blood money, it's it's death money. It is whatever you've attached to it. Now, the money in and of itself is not that. I'm saying, but your perception of it, you will fuck up that money. You will give it out to every asshole, you know, drunk uncle um, who wants to who wants a handout and a freebie because you feel guilty. So it's very interesting. And I, it got me to thinking about accepting what is in life. And, um, and that is a prime example of, of, of accepting what is not what you want it to be reality. Meaning because these people at nine 11, I mean, of course you want your spouse. You don't want, you don't want the check. You'd gladly take a spouse over a check. But, um, fortunately, those people have to accept reality and then you can move on and have a clear head when you're dealing with the money that's going to help your family and it's going to help you go forward. Go forward. It's a really interesting concept, the idea of accepting what is now and leaving behind what is the past, um, which is something I personally struggle with a lot. And so uh, as somebody who grew up in a, a wacky way, and I'm sure anybody here listening who grew up with a wacky childhood, maybe you grew up feeling like an alien, like I, I absolutely do. I never fit in. I was never a, I never was a cheerleader. I never was cool. I never had the right genes <laughs> until I got older, and I never, you know what I mean. I never saw the the cool movies. I was fucking. I was a. I was an alien, a space alien. I never related to people, um, and I don't care. I mean, now now I celebrate that stuff, and I have a podcast about being a space alien, and it's the best thing I ever did. Now, as an adult, I celebrate that stuff. But I think for many years, you know, if you come from a weird place, you you're always afraid that that's going to. It's going to mark me. Everyone's going to know my secret that I have a mentally ill mother and that I'm embarrassed by it and my dad's a bit of a shit. What's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. (laughs) You're going to grow up and you're going to have a happy adulthood. You are. You're going to have a good life. You know why? Because, uh, Because the past shouldn't dictate the future. It's, it's a horrible, and it, it is really easy, especially if you've grown up with a lot of bullshit, really easy to stay in that way of dysfunction and, and that way of being because it feels comfortable. It doesn't feel good. Mind you, I didn't say it felt good. I just said it feels comfortable, which is even more uh, screwy. You know what I mean? So accepting what is, it's very different because uh, even even when sometimes people like me and uh, you do achieve certain things or you you get a life that you've always wanted, the the problem is you always I always I, I should say I not you I always uh, feel a little bit like an imposter. You know you you feel like uh, I feel like um, when is this gonna when is this gonna end? When are they gonna find out I'm a fraud? When are they gonna find out that I'm uh, I come from this? this bad place and and I've, you know, I've got this dark story and this and that. And, and then you realize, you know what? A lot of people have bad stories and the key to the, to, to healing the bad story, I think is to, it's called radical acceptance, which is to me, 
you know, I don't know these fucking terms. That's the call in Buddhism, I think, radical acceptance or therapy. I don't know. Um, radical, radical. I guess radical meaning you accept every aspect of of whatever situation you're in. Of whatever situation you're in. Um, for instance, like I said, I, I love when I get a, an email and then it interferes with my recording. And the best part is it's like a, a fucking Etsy email. Fairly Enchanted Gardens, Magical Miniatures. Well, I'm so glad this interrupted my train of thought, my podcast. Look at this, just a litany of bullshit. Okay, I'm going to close this mail. Guys, we're not going to hear that again. Uh, what was the point? Oh, I was telling you, my life is in, in shambles right now. Really, truly, not not in the, you know an existential. I mean in a, in a stupid surface level. So my kid's getting baptized on Sunday. A family is descending upon us. We've got Seguras. We've got a few Pajitskis trickling in. I've got my sister-in-law who's exiting now. She was here for a few days with her one-year-old baby. And my house is a goddamn disaster. I mean, you know how it is. If you have a one-year-old, I don't have a one-year-old yet. It's, it's imminent. But the house is a fucking disaster. The kid knocked over everything. Picks up the kids. Just That's what they do. That's what they do. They, they're whirling dervishes of destruction and chaos, and they laugh, and they think it's funny. And it, it is until you need to have the house cleaned for a party, okay? The kid got into the fucking dog bowls, and there's dog water and dog shit everywhere, and, and I'm alone now, and Tom's in San Diego doing shows, and my poor nanny is called in sick, and I'm alone with the seven-month-old. In a filthy house. And I got two days to get this place into shape for about 16 people to descend on this property and uh, come to a party. So we'll see how that goes. (laughs) I can't... uh, uh, I don't know what to do. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to do what I always do. I just... Here's the thing. And here's the thing. For those of us that have raised ourselves... Those of us that were latchkey kids, those of us who were part of the least parented generation known as Gen Xers, we fucking do what we got to do, bitches. You know what I'm saying? Who do you want in the trenches with you? You want some mealy mouth cunt to quote Dan Pena? Where's that one? That one was my favorite. Maybe this is it. No, I don't think this one is, but let's let's do some pain. You're a cunt, Brian, not me. There you go. <laughs> uh, Brian, poor Brian, interviewing this asshole. What's this one about? And uh, talk to me about what, what's, I mean, for those first few days, what, what have been the reactions from people? Oh, I don't want to Do you get people one. that want to leave? Do you get people? I don't want that. I want, where's that mealy mouth cunt clip? That's my favorite. He wants our mealy mouth cunt. Anyways, I'm Dan Payne. Has anyone ever said, <clears throat> fuck you, Dan Payne? Here we go. I'm walking out the door. Yeah. No, I've thrown a couple out, but nobody's ever said that. No, I take that back. One, uh, one uh, Romanian oh. walked out the door because he said I was making fun of him, calling him a gypsy, a Roma. <laughs> <clears throat> but then when we came back in the afternoon, he was sitting in the library. Yeah. And I thought I, th- oh, I thought you left. He says no, no. I I didn't find my clip. The point is, um, I'm a dirty gypsy. How dare you, Dan Pena? I'm offended. By the way, Can We Take a Joke is coming out pretty soon. The documentary that I narrated, it'll be available at the end of this July month um, on iTunes. And then, no, July 29th, released in theaters. And then in August, 
beginning of the month uh, will be available on iTunes to download. And there you go. So uh, in the midst of this drama, of this baptismal drama, um, I, you know, I always want to tell you guys what's happening. Just <laughs> and then I and then I'm like, oh God, is my family gonna fucking listen to this one day? I don't know. But um, okay. Oh fuck it, I'll just tell you what's happening. So I, uh, you know, uh, as you know, have a interesting, I have an interesting relationship with my family. Um, by interesting, I mean horrible. Some people I love and I've invited them happily and they're coming and I'm so thrilled and I have wonderful in-laws. I love my, my, my father-in-law, top dog. I love Charo. I love my sister-in-laws. I love, I love the, the people that are coming are fucking amazing. Um, people that aren't coming, um, my dad, which is really cool because, Um, how do I say this? He chose to go to Vietnam instead of, of doing, of coming to the grandson's baptism. Right. And, uh, wow. Right. It's a lot. Right. And so, um, I talked to my shrink, hello about it. And, you know, part of, uh, part of growing up is accepting what is that's, that is just the thing. Look, man, I got a dad that goes to Vietnam over going to his grandson's uh, only grandchild's baptism. And I had two realizations. Number one, that my dad might be Reese Bobby from Talladega Nights. I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's Here it is. Is No, ma'am. I haven't seen my daddy in years. (laughs) But my mama says he's out racing cars. Well, they've been as weak in anything that moves. (laughs) <laughs> okay, kids, that's enough. All We're right. going to move on to Brennan, whose father... Don't pay them my mind, Ricky. There he Thanks, is. Cal. Shake and bake. You'll be my best this friend This movie's so good. Talladega Nights is so fucking... Uh, oh, excuse me, darling. I'm here's my dad. Bye. Hold on, guys. I'm here for career day with my son, Ricky. <laughs> dad! Hey, hey there, boy! Man, you got big. How long's it been? Three, four months? Ten years. Ten years? Man. <laughs> I gotta lay off the peyote. <laughs> Mr. Bobby, there's no smoking in here. Oh, it's all right, darling. I'm a volunteer fireman. Okay. Uh, I'm a semi professional race car driver and an amateur tattoo artist. Ooh. And the first thing you gotta learn if you're gonna be a race car driver <laughs> is you don't listen to losers like your know it all teacher over here. Okay, I think that's enough. The teacher wants you to go <laughs> slow, and she's wrong, because it's the fastest who gets paid, and it's the fastest who gets laid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. There you go. So, Reese Bobby. So, Talladega Nights, if you've ever seen this movie, uh, I'd love it. I, You know, I love John C. Riley. Uh, Will Ferrell, obviously, is great. But uh, for John C. Riley, that guy really has my number, man. He's so funny. Walk, walk Hard, that's the other one he did. It was kind of like, it just kind of crept by, but it was really funny. Talladega Nights, the story of Ricky Bobby, the guy who wants to drive fast. He becomes a famous NASCAR driver at like the age of 40. And he has this relationship with his dad, Reese Bobby. Uh, Reese Bobby impregnates his mom and like, I forget what the story is, the back of some car and uh, bounces. And uh, so he, you know, Ricky Bobby becomes a famous driver and and every week he leaves tickets for his dad reese bobby to show up he always leaves tickets you know just in case at the will call in case daddy shows up and daddy comes back into his life and helps him in a time 
that he needs him. And then things get a little too real for Reese. This is, and so this is a scene in Applebee's that makes me laugh so hard too. If anyone of you comes from a fucked up family, Oh, lovely mail. So this is on. This is them at Appleby. So now they've kind of reconciled, and Reese Bobby is attempting to be a normal human being and have a dinner at Applebee's. And here's what happens. It certainly does look delicious. I got to tell you, this is about a damn perfect even right now. It is, isn't it? Mm. You know what we should do? Every week, we should come back to this Applebee's. And sit at this table <laughs> and have a family meal. Uh-oh. It's a great idea. Reese Mama. doesn't like that. And order the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would be delighted, <laughs> Reese, if you so would accompany good. me to ballroom dancing on Tuesday nights. Tuesday night. It's a lot of fun. I think you'd have a good time. How's everybody doing mm. over here? Dolly is so oh, good. It's oh, really so good. Okay. It's delicious. You know, I, I, I just, I hate to be a pain, darling, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked for no onions on my bourbon steak. Oh, I am so sorry. I thought you asked okay, for okay. onions. Maybe don't interrupt me. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, well, I think you did mean to, and I also think that you meant to put the damn onions on my steak. Okay, Reese. Grandfather, can't we resolve this conflict without anger? <laughs> anyway, there he goes. Dad! Reese Bobby gets thrown out of the Applebee's. It's so fucking great. And, you know... Anyone that's had a difficult family member relates to this fucking exact scenario. Reese Bobby can't handle a normal uh, Applebee's dinner with the family. And the thought of doing it weekly makes him implode and he has to sabotage the dinner. He has to sabotage everything because he can't do it. Reese Bobby's not capable, which is so funny, guys. Oh, my God. I feel like my dad is Reese Bobby in the situation. So here we go. So I got two choices. Okay. Either I can uh, continue to leave tickets at Will Call, hoping one day that Reese Bobby is going to turn into who do I want as my dad, my TV dad. Oh, I like John Goodman. I always liked him from Roseanne. Okay. So maybe Reese Bobby will turn into a John Goodman, and I can hope for that to happen. And I can leave tickets every week at the Will Call. Or I can try accepting what the fuck is. (laughs) And what is, is not John Goodman, right? So it's just a fact of life. And, and, And I'm not saying to not be sad about these things and to, you know, make light of everything all the time. But, you know, you get bummed when things don't go your way. And, uh, but... It's, there's kind of something, the key to all this, I think, uh, and to kind of going forward is to accept what is and let it ride, let it be, right? Like the Beatles song, kind of let it go and let it be and let it hang and not take it personally and understand that Reese Bobby is not capable of doing Applebee's every week. And there's nothing you can do to change or alter that dynamic. And I I think that is the crux here because the more you want something to be different, that's where the suffering comes in. Um, Now I'm not saying don't, the the suffering comes when you want it to be, like I said, you want John Goodman? Well, you got Reese Bobby. But I want John Goodman, I want John Goodman, I want John Goodman. Here's what I can do. Here's what can be done. 
this week, for instance, I got two days before these people come to my house. I'm alone with a seven-month-old baby for the next two days, which means I probably can't get a ton of shit done. Um, but guess what I'm going to do, man? I'm going to make my phone calls. I'm going to see if I can rein in some help. <laughs> I'm going to check out who can help me. And I'm going to look and see what positive things I can do. And I can enjoy the positive people in my life, right? So I may not have a John Goodman that that is a blood relation, but guess what? I got a top dog. And uh, that's my father-in-law's nickname. For those of you who don't listen to your mom's house, but um, but I love that guy. You know what I mean? And uh, and the truth be told, if we're gonna get a hundred, it's you know I don't. Is it really when you have a parent who's not what you want them to be? You don't really want that parent at the function, or you don't really want that. You want the ideal. Is the thing that's that's the that's the rub here. Is that it's not them you want. It's the ideal them that you want. That's, that's the suffering of it. It's like, I don't want, I don't want Reese Bobby. I want the John Goodman and that's not gonna go down. So, uh, yeah, total radical, radical acceptance (laughs) and surrender to it all. (laughs) And also with the responsibility that I'm not going to let shit go down this way for my kid. You better fucking believe uh, that my son is not going to feel the way I felt growing up. <laughs> and that's why I see a therapist. This shit's not going to go down the same way. And that's the, that's the scary part, is that when you uh, grow up with some funk, <sighs> the easy way is to let that shit go into the next generation. I ain't having it. I ain't fucking doing it, guys. Not happening. So I'm going to look to what's good and what's positive and uh, and that's it. I'm going to get my entire life. I'm going to clean my fucking house. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it together and we're going to do it. There. Okay. Guys, thanks for sending in your emails about advice. I got some other ones. If you want to send an email, go to that's deep bro podcast at gmail.com. That's the, uh, the address. That's deep bro podcast at gmail.com. Here we got one from uh, a fellow. He writes in. Dear Tina Mommy, is it acceptable to be a stay-at-home dad instead of pursuing a career? My wife is on board, but I worry that she would come to resent me. We don't have any little jeans yet, but are planning to. Adding to my hesitation is the fact that I have a job a lot of other people would kill for. I'm a locomotive engineer for um, the only major passenger railroad, and I operate the fastest trains. You drive fast. That's so weird. I was just talking about going fast and you go fast. It's significantly less cool than it sounds. (laughs) P.S. My dream job is not having one. Now that is what is the fuck up, my man. You know, it's so funny. I agree. I totally agree. I've always felt that way. And I don't like doing stuff either. I really don't. That was my one big hesitation with kids. The lack of sleep, I'm used to that now. Like, I'm just, I'm just used to always being tired and shitty and miserable. That's just part of it all. I'm used to not remembering words for shit. I'm used to not showering. I'm used to, like, not even being selective of what I eat anymore. Whatever it is, put it in my mouth. I'm fucking hungry. I don't care. I go to bed at, like, 8 now. My, my fear was having to do stuff all the time with a kid. 
Like, let's, uh, we got to go to this parade. Let's go to the parade. Let's go to the carnival. Let's go. Like, no, dude. Parades are so goddamn boring. Like, is there anything fucking less interesting than standing uh, on a street and, like, watching people march past you? It sounds fucking terrible. Same with a carnival. Oh, my God. I'm going to kill myself. I would never get on one of these rickety-ass roller coasters or rides put together by some fucking gypsy with two teeth and a ponytail. Hell to the no, dude. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. God, I don't want to do that shit. I'm going to have to with this kid, you know, because you got to socialize him. can't just stay inside all day. I'm going to see how long I can get away with that. Anyways, is it acceptable to be a stay-at-home dad instead of pursuing a career? Absolutely. Good for you, man. You're on the... That's what. That's what's up. That's what's going to happen uh, in the next, you know, few generations. Um, as as the gap kind of closes between men and women, and who take care, of, who takes care of what? That's that's the future. Frankly, is just it's not even about mommy or daddy. It's going to be who wants to do it, and I think whoever wants to do it should do it. Um, and is your wife going to resent you? That's up to her. I don't know. And I don't know what her gig is. I don't know if she makes more money now than you. Um, can she support you guys? You know, I know that for men, it's some kind of an ego thing that they need to make more money than the wife. Um, but why? I, I don't know why that needs to be the case. And I don't, I don't believe in any hard and fast rules about this kind of stuff. I think it's, it, it's up to you and your wife. Some women are alpha bitches. And I know many women who make more money than their husbands and they like it that way. They like the husband staying at home and it doesn't bother them. Uh, And I've seen the opposite. But just, you know, it's all power dynamics. (laughs) It's all fucking... It's it's all... It's it's really what you want it to be, dude. She'll, She'll resent you. I mean, why do you think she'll resent you? That's the real question. Because you get to stay home because you don't want to work. But I'll tell you, staying at home with the kids, that shit is, that shit is work. <laughs> uh, it's not the vacation. It really isn't. It's, a, it's really hard. It's funny because it's actually, no, I take back. I think the problem is people say it's being staying at home mom. Hard is, hard is, is, is not the appropriate word. It, it's not hard work. It's just constant work. It's constant attention towards some mundane shit. It's like driving. Like you ever, you know, when you're so tired after driving for five hours, you're like, wait, why am I exhausted? And I've just been driving. <laughs> it's because you're, you're putting your focused attention on something for, for long periods of time without break. Um, so yeah, there you go. But I think what you're asking about is these traditional roles and whether or not they need to be maintained that way. And no, I don't see why. Um, cause like I said, there are masculine women, which is what we're learning with the non-binaries of the world, the gender fluidity of this world, which I think is good in the regard that we are starting to loosen our grasp on what feminine is, what masculine is, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, all this stuff in society. I mean, right now on, you know, honestly on your mom's house, we kind of poke fun at, at all this non-binary business, but that's only because it's, it's a little absurd right now, uh, you know. Come on, there's there's two genders really, and then whatever. But 
And that's not to diminish people that are trans. Don't fucking email me about that nonsense. I get it, man. That stuff, I don't get it, but I, I get, you know, okay, I've born a woman in a man's body and vice versa, and that is a legitimate fucking thing. And I, I 100% agree, legit. When people are like, I'm non, I'm neither thing. I'm pineapple gendered. I'm astral gendered. Like, no, you're not. That doesn't even make sense. You can't be astral gendered. You don't even know what space is like. Have you been there? You don't even know. It's so fucking stupid. The point is, is that uh, what this does do, the positive aspects of these whole gender fluidity things is to explore what is male, what is female, what does it mean? What are my roles? Just like David Bowie, I think he flip-flopped between masculine, feminine, same with Prince. Prince was masculine. Prince was feminine at the same time. It was a kind of a gender fucking kind of interesting. Annie Lennox from the Eurythmics did it too. I'm trying to think. Patti Smith, of course. You know, it's a rock and roll thing. And, and eventually things will open up. Once women start making as much money as dudes, I think society will change quite radically, quite drastically in, in who stays home to do what. I've known many men that are far more nurturing than their female partners. I know many couples where the man should be the one who stays home as the primary caregiver and not mom because mom is less nurturing. Mom's world is more outside of the home. Um, so yeah, it works either way, guys. Either way. There's no hard and fast rules for shit. There's a few hard and fast rules uh, for life. And number one, I do believe in uh, working hard in your 20s and 30s so that when you're in your 40s, you can chill the fuck out and you can afford to do stuff to make your fucking old ass look better. Um, I say this because I just went and I bought a bunch of new bras last week and I got my eyebrows fleeked and, um, you know, cause it, it, and I spend money on my bras. Okay. Okay. I don't go to Victoria's secret because I don't got those little baby titties that fit into a cups. I got soggy, um, soggy, hanging, loose skinned, um, grown ass woman, uh, baby titties. I can tell which bitches have had the babies in life. Now I can see which bitches have kids depending on how they're dressed. If I see some little boo-boo wearing uh, a top, a dress, low cut with no bra, I'm like, well, that bitch hasn't had a kid because my low hangers need all the help they can get. And I don't fuck around with no Victoria's Secret one-lettered one cup size. Oh, hell no. I'm quadruple, pooboople, you know, back of the alphabet. That's where I start. Um... You got, but you got to do it. I'm telling you, if you're a woman listening to this, get your entire life with a nice bra. And the older you get, the more important that shit is. You got to lift and support. Don't fuck around without the underwire. Get your underwire. Go get fitted. Go to Nordstrom. Don't fuck around. Listen to me. Listen to me. Go to Nordstrom. Have the lady who's been working there for 20 years, some old lady, no makeup on, her hair looks all haggard and fucked. Have her measure you. Listen, I'm serious. Measure you and tell you what your size is because you don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. Have this woman come into the stall with you. Like I've been doing this since I was 13. Have a total stranger scoop and lift your titties 
into some bras. This woman came in with me and she was like, oh, I hope you don't mind if I, I was like, no, bitch. I took off my top. I let my hangers hang and I was like, put them in there. Let's go. And an hour later, I walked out. My tits were two inches higher. I walked a little taller and everything looks better when you got the right bra on. It's so important, man. It's so important. And I got my brows fleeked by a nice place. I go, I go to a nice place. You know why? Because I'm old. I'm fucking 40. And when you're 40, you don't look as cute without work. I got I to gotta have the money to put some work into looking normal now. That means just, just to be baseline. Just, just to have a baseline of what looks okay, I got to spend the money. And that's why you got to work hard in your 20s and your 30s so that you can look like a normal fucking human being in your 40s. You can get your brows, your hair did... You get your fucking tits hoisted up. Yeah, that's the truth, man. That's the truth. All right. That's it. My kid's about to wake up from the nap. Um, do I have anything else for you? Ricky Bobby, Dan Pena now. I love Dan Pena. Uh, have a great week, guys. And email me. That's deepropodcast at gmail.com. Wish me luck as my family descends on Segura Manor, and um, man, I just got to get through the next few days. (laughs) I got to get my life. I got to get my entire life today. Yeah, wish me luck. All right, guys, uh, that's been Deep Bro, and uh, come back next time. I'll have more treats for you. Until then, take care. Don't forget, you will die one day. Your body is decomposing and rotting right now as we speak. No matter how old you are, uh, you are actively dying. Remember that whenever you think to yourself, oh, I'm afraid of doing X, Y, and Z. I don't, I don't have the courage to say this to somebody or I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Well, guess what? Chicken shit. You're going to die. Yeah, you're going to die. So go ahead and do it today. Because you don't have uh, you don't have an indefinite amount of time on this planet, and uh, whenever you're uh, you're questioning your, your abilities or anything, oh fuck it, fuck it, because you're gonna be worm food soon enough. So there you go. All right, guys. Next week, I'll talk to you then. Take care. I don't know. Philosophize with. Philosophize with. Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans This ain't your mom's house It's a different theme Gotta be critically thinking Like you caught up at a cocktail party Our thoughts start to sink in John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates Got us talking all properly, topically Just a comedian discussing these philosophies Serious questions, silly people What's that? That's deep, bro it is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.